People see you everywhere. All that meat, no mashed potatoes. Man, all they that meat, no mashed potatoes. That's good. I like really that. What's up, Leonard? Hey, hey. Um, thanks for coming, man. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, we're just talking about the popularity of podcasts, man. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't know if I just love the sound of my own voice, or <laughs> I think I just like talking to people, um, and that, that's the that's the the primary motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, in doing this, I started to discover. I started thinking of ideas and why I'm doing it. Yeah, which which is fun, a fun practice to do. Um, so I came up with the acronym Light. I saw that. I um, saw that. L I T E light and um, uh, learn, inspire, teach, entertain. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can produce a positive message and, and and people listen to it, man, I'm all in. Absolutely, um, yeah. And we're not. Uh, this isn't all about life is good. Life is good. Grand Prairie is good. Life is good. We're just here talking, having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me start off. Uh, you are a Grand Prairie resident. I am a Grand Prairie. Technically, I'm in. I'm in a gray area. So okay. I live in Dallas, and but yeah, over there on the east side. Yes, but literally on the other side of my backyard fence is Grand Prairie. Man, I had no idea. I, I thought you were a Grand Prairie resident. That's, yeah, that's it. And I know but a few my friends. address is Grand Prairie. Okay, yeah, so I've seen that. So it's kind of like a Mountain Creek Park, you know. Yep. I, I heard they just took it over in Grand Prairie, so I'm in that area to where I'm still paying taxes in Dallas. But well, your neighborhood is going to already start increasing uh, in value just because that park is now um, uh, Grand Prairie. Yeah, um, and even the area surrounding there has been a lot of development talk. So oh yeah, I see people tearing down houses and yeah. building up houses, and and I, and I like that aspect of it. So where where are you where are you from before Grand Prairie? So let's see. I was born in Los Angeles, California, um, outskirts San Fernando Valley. Yeah. All, just about all my family is still in L.A. except yeah. for my immediate family. We moved out here. Um, my dad's job transferred him out here. About when when was that? Just you were 90, a kid. Ninety three. Okay. Ninety three. How old are you? Sure. I'm thirty two. Okay. So you was you was young buck. Yeah. So he came out here first. He got to the airport, and he said, "I could either go at the north or the south end of the airport." <laughs> and he said, "Typically in a city, it gets worse when you go south." Yeah. So he came out the north end. So okay. we landed in in Grapevine, and I grew up part of my life in Grapevine, and then we moved to Ulysses. Yeah. And so I graduated from Ulysses. You're a DFW Trinity. guy. I mean, oh yeah. This is the furthest I've been from the airport. From the airport. <laughs> the DFW airport. <laughs> How long you've been over there? Uh, four years. Four years. So we moved from uh, Louisville. Well, the reason I'm asking Leonard, the reason I'm asking these questions is that's how I've met you, just being mm-hmm. around Grand Prairie, and, and particularly the last couple of years. Um, I, I don't know why we didn't run into each other before that. Yeah. Um, but it's been interesting uh, getting to know you a little bit, and I was lucky enough to sit down, and have coffee with you, and talk mm-hmm. about you know you see people here and there, maybe say hi to them, but you know we got to yeah. sit down and chat a little bit. Um, what you're Start off, answer the quick question. Um, what's the what's your Instagram? Instagram is Fort underscore Madison. F O R T underscore M A D I S O N. And why why is it Fort? Oh, good question. Yeah, Glad you asked. <laughs> so so before I got into being a financial advisor and insurance, I was doing motivational rap. And oh, nice. Well, even before that, I started out doing secular rap. Then I turned to Christian rap. And then I decided to take the Christian part off of it because I was getting boxed into churches. Yep. And, and boxed I, wanted, in. I wanted to get out and about. Uh, so all of my songs are all positive, uplifting, because I believe in, in building people up, not tearing people down. Excellent. So I was in a group and we just decided to, to go both or different ways. Still my best friend, but... Um, just decided to go separate ways. So I was dealing with a, a, a lady who was helping me with my PR, and she said, you need a new name, something that's personal to you. And, man, it, it took months for me to come up with a name. Yeah. And I came with Fort Madison because my last name is Madison. Yeah, yeah. The Fort actually comes from the word fourth, F-O-R-T-H. Yeah. I am Leonard Madison the Fourth. No way. Mm-hmm. Good, good. <laughs> My son is Leonard Madison the fifth. Nice. 
And uh, so, so, so fourth, I took off the H to make it fort because I've seen in my lifetime people come to me with all of their problems. So they feel comfortable talking to me. So okay. I'm a safe haven to them. Good. Just like a fort wall is a safe haven for the people inside of it. Also, I'm built like a fort wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bigger Big guy. Big boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, now, just, didn't you, did you play ball? I played basketball. Yeah. Didn't play in college. Played uh, throughout high school. Did you play in rec leagues? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I had, I struggled with injuries. Yep. In, on my shoulders all throughout high school. I uh, went to Dallas Baptist University. Okay. Tried to walk on, and I struggled with back spasms during Man. tryouts. And then, literally a week after tryouts, I dislocated my other shoulder and had to get surgery on that one. So that's some serious pain it, too. It was just intramural beast. That's yeah. what I was. Yeah, yeah. We uh. I played rec leagues until I was about 30 or 31. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem and the reason I, a couple of reasons I quit was I'd get on that court and these 19, 20 year olds were just running circles. Yeah. It was kind of cool sometimes because we had the old man skill, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd been around the block. Yeah. These kids just ran, ran, ran. Basketball IQ. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there was an evolve involvement there. Cause we, we at one point were those kids running. Absolutely. And then we were kind of just having fun, and next thing you know, we're looking around, surrounded, being we're uh, the the wildy e. coyote and the yeah. roadrunner man getting running circles on, and uh, and there was about a year or two there we got to do the kind of fun uh-huh. old man skill, and it sucks that thirty <laughs> was old man skill, <laughs> um, and then I took took a season or two off, mm-hmm. and we went back, lungs weren't there, at yeah, all. Yeah, I've evolved to coming out of college, and I was I was playing in three or four leagues at a time. So I was playing every Tuesday, no way. every Thursday, every Sunday from Frisco all the way to Duncanville. Yeah. Like I was all over the city and I was with a team and we were just everywhere. And then I got injured. Yeah. I was playing in a game and I ripped my calf muscle. Like I oh, literally heard it. Man. Pop. I was out for calf is bad. Yeah. And I was out for eight months. Yeah. And during that time I got replaced. Oh yeah. So, quick. Um, so then I got on another team next but, up. After that, probably four weeks after I actually came back, I ended up dislocating my toe. So I was out for another <laughs> six months. How so do you dislocate just, a toe, man? Just it just happens. Do, huh? do I really have to tell this story, man? I'll go. Well, if it's a story, I definitely <laughs> want to hear it. Yeah, I, I would. I would argue quickly. You know, just being ag- agile, just running and quicking and pivoting, I can see that happening. I mean, yeah, you know, I'd like to say that, but I was. <laughs> I, I really fractured my toe. Come on, let's get. I, I was, was here. playing softball. Okay, okay. <laughs> and no, it was that's... A, it was a pop fly, yeah. and man, I ran. I played baseball just about all my life, okay. and I ran to the balls for as fast as I can, and I tried to stop. Like on a dime, yeah, and my toe jammed into the front of my cleat. Oh man! And fractured it, and the bad part is like the ball dropped like ten feet next to yeah. me. So. <laughs> it wasn't even close. <laughs> but after that, that's I, how it works. Like I went to the ER. They said it's just fractured. There's yeah. nothing they could do about it. Ice it, ice it. Well, I kept playing basketball, <laughs> and during basketball, people keep landing on your toe. Oh yeah, and. Like, I wanted to finish my league, and then after the end of the league, doctor said it was broken. Yeah. <laughs> I told it was broken. So. Well, this wasn't the uh, direction that I intended to go, but you ought to give pickleball a shot. I'm Pickle- telling I, you, man. So, I've never heard of pickleball until I got to Grand Prairie, I and know. I see all these people playing it. So, yesterday, uh huh. Um, well, go back a little bit. My At my church, we started, um, we have life groups mm-hmm. where you it's, it's it's just a social gathering of Christians, more or less, right? Yeah. It, and some of them actually do Bible study, but this morning we had a breakfast, a men's breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started a pickleball group. Only four or five people show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, let's not discount just the two on two. It's a workout. It takes a skill. Yeah. You, it's no ifs ands or buts about it. But my buddy Josh, who actually just did episode one, this is episode two, by the way, um, on Kobe Bryant. Yeah. But he was in here yesterday. We did um, we did one on one yesterday, mm-hmm. and play two games of one on one pickleball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's as good as any workout you're gonna I'm get. Sure. I mean, I had I had sweat down to my belly. On it's the, it's on like the, it's like tennis. So yeah, it's well, that's exactly that's a good back point. and forth, back and forth. You got to be very agile and quick. It, it's uh it's a uh, 
step softer than tennis. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you still got to do the agility. Absolutely. And you got to you got to learn that it's not a tennis ball. So now you're you're changing your motion. We got an old man that played racquetball for years, and he's playing with us, and uh, he he's waiting for that ball to hit the ground and pop up. Yeah. And it's a little wiffle ball, and he's <laughs> he's an old man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I say that because of the injuries and the issues. I, you still work and lift yeah. up. What kind of routine do you do? So right now when I go to the gym, I do between 20 and 40 minutes of cardio. Okay. And that's going to be – cardio is usually half the time I'm on the elliptical. The other half of the time I'm on a treadmill. And a lot of times I'll walk for two minutes and then jog – for a minute yeah. and then walk, cool and then down. jog. Yeah. Just do that just to get my heart rate up. Yep. I try to knock out the cardio first and then I go to the abs because those are two I hate doing the yep. most. <laughs> yep. I can lift all day. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. So if I get the two that I hate the most. Out of the way, you have yeah, fun. And then the rest, I just lift. How often? The goal is four to five times a week. Oof. I'm averaging probably, I'm averaging about three to four. Good. You use an Epic? Oh, yes. I love the Epic. I love everything about the whole Epic area. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, the intent of this podcast is not a Grand Prairie podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, I, I love it. I want to be here. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's worth noting um, the cool growth that's going on. I'm an advocate of the whole Epic Central, all of that. So, yeah. Grand Prairie um, has gone through different phases and, mm-hmm. and, and, most recently it was more or less an armpit phase yeah in the past five to ten years with the city pushing forward and and trying to lead that that change mm-hmm. um i really uh it's those listen check out 161 uh, check out the epic check out the water park yeah. check out playground adventures it's mm-hmm. all it's all worth it and and I'll just quickly say it, it, we're just starting. Uh, it, it's still moving. There, there's yeah, I, I was having a one-on-one with a lady that's in the city of Grand Prairie. Uh, she's young, just like me, and we were talking about how we think that Grand Prairie is such a gem because nobody's really thinking about Grand Prairie. Yeah. But if you really look at the development that we've come in the last few years, man, I, I tell people all the time, in 10 years, it's going to be a completely different city, yeah. and it's going to be an exciting place to be. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. If you've never heard of something called pickleball, you're about to get a crash course in a fast-growing activity. <laughs> Side note, I hate pickles. Model. Nice. Like, I hate them. <laughs> if the pickleball craze has not yet hit your town, stand by. It's on its way. Wow. Pickleball is one of the fastest-growing sports in America and can be played by just about anyone. Just about anyone. 91-year-old Lee Kritzer vying for a medal at a pickleball tournament in Delray Beach, Florida. It gives you exercise. It's fun, social, and it's competitive. Although it's exploded recently, pickleball was invented almost 50 years ago near Seattle. A combination of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. It's played with a paddle and a wiffle ball on a short court which attracts older players who can still win without having to run too far. And you can compete with the younger people by using your head and while they try to use it at their speed. You outthink them. <laughs> now watching this game being played, you might wonder why it's called pickleball. Well, over the years, it's been widely reported that it was named after the inventor's dog. The inventor's dog. But the inventor's wife said the name actually came from the sport of rowing, where a pickle boat has a mixed crew, just like pickle ball is a mix of other sports. The American pickleball capital may well be the Villages, a huge retirement community near Orlando. Even with 140 pickleball courts, players form lines each morning wow. to get a game. Looking good. These women are passionate but friendly competitors. Every Wednesday, we start off with golf in the morning, then we go to lunch, and then we play pickleball. That's our triathlon. That's our triathlon. The USA Pickleball Association says the game is spreading around the world and easily has more than 
That's a bad advertisement for pickleball, in my opinion. <laughs> it's for old people. That's well, what I got out of it. You see what I'm saying? I, I really think if they if they gave it a young approach. So, Leonard, I'll bug you about this later or remind you. On, on Saturdays, about 1 to 4, mm-hmm. we play at Charlie Taylor. You know where Charlie yeah, Taylor yeah. is? And you got to ch- check it out. Give I'm, I'm going to try it. Give it a shot. I'm going to try um, it. I'm, up, I'm open for anything that's different and new there's guys my age you know um our age uh, that play and and i mean they're 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 skillful so it's not just like bop you know boop, yeah. here boop you know i mean we got to slam the ball on each other you're d- jumping diving now you said you had shoulder issues mm-hmm. you do need to kind of be quick my shoulders are both bolted down now. nice <laughs> they, <they're laughs> they have nowhere. screws in them they, yeah they're fine now yeah well cool man um the uh, financial stuff. Uh, what mm-hmm. got you into is it New York life, right? New York life. Yeah. How's that go? Well, I say not actually how's it going, but what got you into it? So I was with a mortgage company first, and uh, so mortgages, underwriting type deal. Or well, I was on the business analyst side. Okay. I was working really internally, making sure that each department was doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I was mapping out their whole process, flow charts. And uh, making sure their policies and procedures were up to date. Yeah. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> um, and I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. Um, but it was my first job out of college. Yeah. So I, I really didn't. That's all I knew about the corporate world. Probably decent money. Well, for compared, out of college. Coming and, out of college, yeah. 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 Looking back, I felt like we were underpaid. But sure, sure. I was a college student. Yeah. Dang near. So. Um, so I did that for like six years. I absolutely hated it. Um, uh, I knew I should have left a long time ago. Yeah. I was, uh, dragging my feet though. Cause I was comfortable. Yeah. And then they let me go. Oh which yeah. Ended up being, it was very bad timing. Cause I had just bought a house three months earlier and then three Here. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And then three weeks before I got let go, my son was born. Wow. And, uh, so it was bad timing, especially since. They told us that our department was the safest department in in the in the um, company. Meaning you did a good job. Exactly. Yeah. They said as we grow, it's a fast growing company. As we grow, compliance area is going to be really looked at. So you're safe. And then the new quarter, they split my department in half. Adios. So, uh, but you know, when it happened, I was at peace. Yeah. I was happy because I knew. I should have left anyways. Yeah. I had outgrown my ceiling. I was not happy. Yep. Um, I, I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt like I was wasting my time. So after that, then I was unemployed and I was like, okay, <laughs> so what do I do now? I knew I wanted to do something that got me from behind a desk because I, I absolutely hated being behind a desk. I needed yeah. to be out and about meeting people. And so I was applying for three types of jobs i was applying for jobs in the mortgage industry because yep. that's where my experience was yeah i was also applying for jobs in um um what about health fitness nothing like that nothing like that it was yeah. uh I, I was looking for jobs where i can be out and, and talk to people yeah. and, and you know be the face of a company yeah because i knew i Very had good. a strong skill in that in in speaking public speaking and then um i was looking for bartending jobs because i've been doing that for a long time and i had that skill and so um i got a job with a a very good company that was as a bartending job with a a very good restaurant yeah you were telling me about this now that i remember yeah what what restaurant bob steak and chop house oh yeah man that's top of the line yeah and good money uh did not get along with management oh yeah and the reason I'm going to tell you something. I, this, I'm not trying to change your story, but often those who are very good bartenders and, and, and with leaders and good personalities, mm-hmm. oftentimes the management doesn't get along with them exactly. because the management realizes that that person's better than them. The, the The restaurant manager typically is the the hierarchy of that of mm-hmm. that establishment. Yeah. Whereas the bartender is like the freelance. Kind of, and people go to the bartender and I've seen that before where with respect, I'm not trying to throw any restaurant manager in the bus, but that in that, in that dynamic, 
it's the bartender um, that usually gets let go or is is jealous of not the bartender's not jealous he is jealous the, the manager is jealous of the bartender i've been at a lot of establishment where the bartenders make more money than managers absolutely and it, so and you know cooks sometimes oftentimes make more money than managers yeah and so i think that that, that position they're quick to say Ah, uh, screw you if you don't kiss my butt type deal. Yeah. And so when you from, said that, I immediately I, I it, agree. It, I don't This is the way I saw that I thought happened. First of all, they make a lot of money. Everybody in there is making a lot of money, especially at Bobs. So there's not a lot of turnover. Yeah. The reason the position was open was because somebody had got internally sick. Oh, wow. So or terminally sick. So there was a, a spot open. I got the spot. I went in with confidence because I know what I'm doing, yeah. right? But every time I go to a new job, my my ears are open. I'm trying to learn as much as possible. I think I had too much confidence. <laughs> and it it, it kind of worried people. Yeah. There, there was a time where I poured a drink, and one of the servers that's been there forever, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm pouring a drink. She said, that's not <laughs> – how much they get. She literally tipped the bottle over for a half a second and said, that's how much they get. You're cheating the guests. Whoa. And, you know, I just let it roll off. Yeah. But I had to understand these are career servers and bartenders. Sure, sure. I am not. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm not. I think management knew I wasn't. Yeah. And the funny thing is, while I was doing that, I was interviewing for New York Life. Okay. And I was praying about it. Like, if this is for me, you know, God reveal it. And, and I kid you not, there was two separate occasions where I was at. I went to the interview in the morning. That same day I, I went to Bob's to work. Uh, one one um, instance, there was a guy at the bar and he was buying these very expensive shots, like $75 nice. shots Ooh. for himself and people around him. I got yeah. to talking to him and uh, I said, so, so what do you do? Yeah. He said, well, I talk about death every day. And I said, yeah. what do you mean about that? He said, you know, I started out selling life insurance. Yep. And from that, I made good money and I started investing in different restaurants. And, you know, now I'm doing pretty well for myself. Oh, yeah. And I, I thought that was quite funny because I was interviewing with New York Life the and time. then prayed about it. And then that day, that conversation happened to come up. Yeah. Another interview I went to, um, that same day I went to work and there was a GM of of the San Antonio Bob Steak and Chop House that was training. Okay. And so at the end of the night, I just got to talking to him, and he said um, his wife worked a corporate job for a long time, making six figures, and she left the corporate job to go work for New York Life. Mm. And he said he thought it was a stupid decision, <laughs> but then after he saw the money that she was making, he said that was the best decision that she ever did. And I, yeah. I thought it was quite funny that – I went to New York Life to interview. I prayed about it, and that same exact day, yeah, it gets it multiple gets, it things kind of uh, promoting what you're wanting to do there. Exactly, uh, a couple things. So, uh, what what is New York Life? So, New York Life is a financial service company. Yeah, um, it's it's very old. Yeah, uh, as it's this year we celebrate 175 years. Wow! So we're the oldest life insurance company in the business wow um but we don't do just life insurance that's what we're known for yeah. but now we do mutual funds we do stocks we own 14 subsidiaries and we okay. and we have we're very old very large very financially safe company okay so um and what do you what do you what is your role so i'm an agent so i help people with their life insurance we look at their protection and then we look at building their assets and accumulation yeah. and then you, you know find, you find a customer, a, mm -hmm. a client, and bring them in and advise them uh -huh. and place their money in different places. Exactly. Uh, to make it grow, make and, it grow. and work for them. Um, are, do you, would you consider yourself an employee? Would you, can you, can you consider yourself, uh, you know, cause I have a good, my, one of my good friends works uh, for a finance company, mm -hmm. uh, Clayton Fisher. Um, and I, I'm not, I think he's commission based. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. Um, but you know he still gets his money after the company has taken the proper taxes out or Correct. whatever. And I was just kind of curious. I'm not trying to get too much in your finances. No, so so but the structure of how that. So 
the stru- they have different contracts, but yeah. me coming in, having no experience in the industry, um, my contract is um, I'm 100% commission. I'm a W-2 employee. Okay. So I see it more as I'm a franchise owner of yeah. New York Life. So I'm representing my own New York Life brand. So do they take taxes out before mm-hmm. they give the money? To- okay. Good. So So good question. First three years, I'm technically in training. Yeah. So they're taking the taxes out. Yeah. After three years, that contract is over, so you renew, and then you're responsible for your own taxes yeah. at that point. Okay. The reason being, they spend, they say, a quarter of a million dollars training you for those three years. Oh, yeah. And so they want to make sure that you make it. Everything's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you what? know, New York Life is known for their extensive training as well. So I'm going somewhere with this, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the reason I ask, and I think you can appreciate this, especially as, as I've noticed, you don't do just finance, right? Correct. Uh, so the idea of being an entrepreneur, um, and that's a loose term, I think, but um, the idea is not working for somebody. I didn't want to just say Absolutely. you don't work for somebody because technically you work for New York Life. I work for right? New York Life, but it's all on me. It's Everything all on you. Right, is right, right. on me. There, there <laughs> yeah. is. I've owned my own business. I've been lucky. I own my own business for fourteen years now, mm-hmm. and I've never made much money. Yeah. Um, I, I've gotten to real estate recently, mm-hmm. so I'm starting to do put together deals, which you can make commission off of. Absolutely. So yeah. It's pretty possible that, especially the next few years, I might be doing pretty excess money. Yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but for years, I thought. I'm, I don't need to make any more money. I'm, I'm in business for myself. Mm-hmm. You know how many different things that I'm able to do? I, I mean, I can, first off, I can go work out midday. That's, Second, yeah. I can run for city council. Mm-hmm. I can go serve on a nonprofit board. I can start a real estate business. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I've, I've flipped homes. You know, because I was that entrepreneur, because I risked it and I was in business for myself, I'm able to do all these things and have fun. I was I was thinking, how much money do you, do I need to be paid to go work nine to five? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question, man. Because you think about it, um, even if you make it, you know, ha- let's say half a million dollars a year, that's mm-hmm. a crap load of money. Yeah, I don't is. make that type of money even close to anything like that. But man, you got to answer to a boss. Yeah, you got to be there on time every time. And, uh, boy, I just, I, 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 I I'm right there sure. with you. I think for half a million dollars, I'd probably do it. Uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, does that have to be for a year, two years? I mean, how long do you, do I have to do this for? Yeah. And especially if they, that's a good condition. Okay. We'll pay half a million dollars a year, but you got to sign a 20 year contract. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's $10 million for 20 years. I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm not sold on that, and I always I always run that through my mind. Uh, you know, the, one of the things that that made me dive into New York life is when I was sitting down in the interview. Uh, I was also interviewing with Toyota. Okay. And uh, my the manager that I was sitting with, he said, "Okay, so you're interviewing with Toyota, and you're interviewing with us. So, um, you can go to Toyota and tell them how much you want to be paid, right?" Let's say it's $100,000. You may say $100,000 and they'll say, no, we're going to pay you 80000 Yeah. And then you're going to have to work and work and prove yourself to make it to 90000 and work and work and prove yourself to make it to a hundred, and, and so on. And he said, when you come here, whatever you think you're worth, you make it because you determine your worth based on your work ethic. And that's one thing that really stood out to me. And then going from the corporate world and realizing, man, I'm coming into this job not feeling fulfilled. I'm literally working every single day yeah. to help build somebody else's dream. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of confidence in myself and I know that I'm a special type of person. So if I go to a nine to five, I think they'll underpay me because they don't know my worth like I know my worth. It, I, I'm based off of a paper yeah. that I give them, and then they determine my worth. And I, I just don't agree with it. And the reality of it is they're stupid if they don't underpay you. That's why they're paying you to do yeah. it, because they can make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple things on that. The reason – actually, you're the one that ended up being late. I was going to say the reason I was late. <laughs> I was late. Uh, we, uh, Martin Caballero? Yeah. 
um, he and I and a couple other guys, Tracy Aldridge, mm-hmm. we do uh, we go to Adams Middle School once a month and uh, mentor the kids up there. Yeah, Tracy, we were talking about that last year, and then the year ended. He's supposed to reach out to me so I can jump in too. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll keep on that. Okay, and don't want to get too much off subject, but the idea on that one, you're welcome to come and talk with the kids, right? But two, the we we got to determine between the guys are going to be there every time, all the time, and just somebody's going to come and show up. And, yeah. and talk to him one time because there's two different deals there a lot of these kids need that consistency mm-hmm. if you come in and say so anyway what, what i was getting at is uh, we talked to him about that i said you know you guys are here partly because you're rebellious mm-hmm. because you're acting up i said you know a lot of those characteristics um if applied the right way is the perfect for an entrepreneur <laughs> spirit exactly i said you know th- people who think too much overthink things when mm-hmm. they're in class as kids they're getting taught algebra and they're thinking about their mother's sister's friend who said hi to them the other day and what that meant right i mean mm-hmm. whatever and so that's one of the reasons that the focus level is not there well if those overthinkers if you apply that to a craft yeah. to something you're interested in you can analyze that entire subject and then present it to others and you're an expert in that field all of a sudden, right? You see Absolutely, what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. And so and I, you try to preach that to those kids. Uh, it's just a different breed of person. Um, anyway, it's about finding your strength mm-hmm. and applying it. And we were just talking yesterday about uh, Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. A couple of days before he passed, he did that motivational speech about doing what you love. Yeah. Um, no matter what it is. If you don't love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Did you see that by chance? I didn't. Okay. I think he's trying to look it up. And I don't mind playing it again if he okay. finds it pretty good. But to be coming from a guy like Kobe Bryant um, at that time. Um, yeah, Kobe was a different different type of person. I've One of my managers recommended that I read this book called Relentless. Yeah. And Relentless is written by the trainer, the athletic trainer of Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan and Dwayne whoa, Wade. Whoa, really? Yes, and he he the book is all about different personalities. So yeah. you have I think um you have the cooler, which is like the regular person. Then you have the closer, which is a person who wants Okay, so so the the cooler is the person that wants to be good. Yeah. The closer is the one that wants to be great yeah okay right yeah but then you have the cleaner the cleaner is that one percent of people that greatness isn't an option they have to be unstoppable yeah and that's the thing about michael jordan and kobe bryant and Dwayne wade they were unstoppable they were man they were showing up early when nobody else was there shooting shots yeah putting in extra time and the thing about it is there's a great quote. It said something like the 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 closer studies film and watches everybody and how they're gonna overcome this and 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 yeah. everybody's weakness. But the cleaner doesn't study film. The opponent studies film on them. Yeah, yeah. They already know that Michael Jordan back in the day he could do this. He would go in the other team's locker room just to act like he was saying hi to somebody yeah. because he knew that would get everybody out in their head. It would get in their head. And, <laughs> and you know, yeah, I just, the, the mindset. Hey, of so these people. Um, I'll remind me and I'll try to tell you, you have, have you heard of outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Uh, uh-uh. great book. Okay. Um, it, it, it's just a basic, um, overview of success and why, it, and it's not necessarily success. It's why there's like a certain village in Italy that no one ever, was sick. I mean, it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And what is this effect on people in this certain village? They got sick. Another example of the Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, when they were in Britain, they got this gig for a year where they played eight hours a day. Wow. And so it's talk about the 10,000 hour rule mm-hmm. where you practice something for 10,000 hours. You're an expert. Expect, expert. So the, yeah. before the Beatles even came to America, they, they were put in their they time. They were masters at their craft. Yeah. Um. And 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 one other thing was um, hockey. The successful hockey players, the NFL players, 
all were born within like 90% were born within a certain age range. And you date that back to the age cutoff as in youth hockey. Hmm. So the kids that got started because of their age at a certain time had a year more training. Those, those are the common birth dates of NHL hockey players Anyway, outliers. Wow. It's about these guys that you figure out what the reasons for success was mm-hmm. and it kind of breaks it down. There's always a reason. I think it's mostly about taking advantage of opportunity and mm-hmm. such, but that's interesting. It, did you find that? Hold on. I, it sh- shows 11 minutes. It's not an 11 minute video. You think it'll just cut off? You know, it's it's just the beginning. Okay. Of the, you know, I, I just I gotta, finished that relentless book right. for the fourth time, like it's, last week. And then, you know, this happens. It, it's tragic. It's well, let's, let's, let me get relentless and I'll get you outliers. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm so sorry I can't be with you tonight. However, I couldn't completely miss the chance to take a moment to share some thoughts with all of you. The lesson I cherish the most is how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, uh, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you, and encouraging you always. Peace. Nice. That's good stuff. That's Kobe, man. That's the guy that I hated for 20 years. (laughs) You know, I, I, I was born in L.A., but I was never a Lakers fan, but I could never deny Kobe's talent. No. No, you can't. You can't. Uh, he's he's greatness. Now, Leonard, I think you'd appreciate this from what I'm getting to know you a little bit. Um, doing what you love, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what he was talking about there. Um, I always I try to say I've said that, I said this last time. This isn't a theology theology podcast, um, but I am a man of God, and uh, Ecclesiastes is a really strong book. Um, a lot of wisdom in a lot of wisdom in Ecclesiastes, <laughs> and and the whole. The premise of it is just do what you love. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the small things. Enjoy the little everyday things. Mm-hmm. Everything else is toil, I think, is the word that is used. And it's chasing after the wind. Chasing after the wind, yes. And and, and so here, here Kobe Bryant, uh, a man that just passed away days before, after a 20-year career, mm-hmm. um, is preaching to us, telling us just do what you love. And he was doing that even in retirement because yep. he was getting into – into movies and all of that and what he won like a major award for that too really yeah i didn't know that can you see if there's something on that axel um but outside of basketball he won some major award for um for his documentaries i'd love to see uh, documentaries that would make sense and of course he was on his way to a basketball camp Mm -hmm. Uh, i saw that jason terry um jason terry's daughter daughter was going to be in the same camp or playing with gianna wow in that deal um yeah that's... Th- commercials throughout his career there you go oh there you go academy award oh if academy award yeah major so that's that's the mama mentality it's not he transfers all that energy from basketball to, the to another passion and he's still successful okay so there's a lesson right there right it's not just hey i've got this special gift of being a good basketball player mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant was the hardest working dude on the court. It. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's so easy to say, oh, he just got talent. And and I understand there is athleticism and some don't have athleticism. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand that. I'll argue that the athletic guy can be smart and the smart guy can be athletic. Um, but So don't let it, that paint yourself into a, pic, into a wall, a picture, whatever. Um, but it sounds like he took that – exact motivation exactly and applied it to his next craft it's 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 supreme focus on your end goal okay so motivation then i mean you're that's part of what you do right oh yeah you're you're kind of i'm a public speaker and you know outside of finance i I do a lot of speaking what uh tell me uh, tell me about your most recent speaking deal just kind of get me an idea of what you do um the most recent 
Uh, I mean, you talking at church? You talking at? So, just, so I do a lot. Like they started putting me on the announcements at church. Okay. Uh, because you know they record the announcements and and they saw that announcements when they came on, people went to their phones. Yeah. So it was being missed. And so they wanted to bring. They asked me one day to do it, and because they they've seen me in multiple capacities, I've written poems that I've done at church. I've okay. spoken, and so when I went in there, I said, "Well, I'm going to make this interesting to to watch." Yeah. And so I bring so much energy, energy, and and I try to throw in some things to get people laughing because that's going to keep their attention, capture attention. That's exactly. And man, every time I go to church, somebody's coming up to me. Man, I love when you do announcements, and yeah. and I. They have multiple people doing announcements, so yeah. Um, you know, I may not do it for next few months, but right, people remember me, yeah, because of the energy that I put into it. Because if I'm gonna do it, I want to be the best at it. Well, I, I, it sounds like you enunciate properly. That's step one. You know, it's too easy. It's very easy to say, "Yeah, we went over there and went to the and we uh, went to the car ride over to the street." You know, you just ran it all together. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to say, "Yes, we went and." drove a car to the store now it sounds weird saying it but when you're saying it to a, a crowd of people over a microphone yeah vital important yeah it, you know i've i started out doing rapping so i was already on stages yeah and just learning it on that craft and then i got into toastmasters and to- toastmasters cleaned up a lot of my rough edges what's toastmaster so toastmasters is an international um, I would say international public speaking club. Okay. So you go in, meetings are typically an hour long, and there'll be a couple of speakers. They speak on a certain topic. You have like a curriculum to go to, go yeah. through. Um, so somebody will bring a speech, they'll do it, and then they'll have a person that's going to be evaluating them. Okay. So a designated, designated person is going to then go up after and evaluate, telling what they did good, what they can improve on. Oh, very good. And then after that, then there's going to be a thing called table talks, which is, is something so I is love. That a, is that a program or is that a like a business? I mean, no, who it's does a club. that? It's just a club. Okay, you sorry. can go to toastmasters.org. They have some open clubs, and they're all over the city yeah. at different times of the day. Wow, Grand Prairie they, even. Oh yeah, especially yeah. Every, just about every city has at least one Toastmaster club. So they have the open clubs and they also have private ones, which may be through a company and you have to be a member of that company to go to this club. But um, in that, you also have speech competitions that you can get involved in too. So I did did a couple of speech competitions. Um, I got all the way to district. The lady I lost to though, she ended up going to the international one, which I think was in Singapore. Yeah. And for gonna lose, lose is the best, right? Exactly. And she <laughs> told me she thought she was gonna lose. Yeah. To, to me. You. So I'm like, you could have uh, been there, man. Yeah. I, I I was satisfied with it. Well, I like uh, you've said it, and you're proving it by your actions. Is that you're trying new and different things mm-hmm. and checking things out? Um, it's uh, they say that a reader lives a thousand lives, a non-reader lives just one. You know, that's that similar if you just keep trying new things doing stuff oh yeah man you uh the you don't have to read a book i mean i love reading books mm-hmm. but uh try something new it's similar yeah. to reading book uh, the way our bodies interpret new things um and make them a part of who you are absolutely uh, it's very cool and you never know what you love to do until you try things right well that's another thing uh we're just talking about do what you love right mm-hmm. how are you gonna know what you love if you don't try anything else yeah. Uh, too often you get set down that narrow path, uh, not knowing uh, what to do. Um, you know, motivation um, is such an important thing to be a part of. Most um, I, uh, a theology, uh, a preacher sermon I saw one time was over motivation for obedience. Mm-hmm. Why be good? Why, you know, why not cheat on your wife? Why mm-hmm. not? Whatever. Um, the the joke was, well, one, I could never do any better, right? <laughs> um, but why do you do those things? And so learning and practicing proper motivation um, will always be, yeah. uh, if nothing else, a market that people will prescribe to. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to 
why what, what am I why am I motivated to do a podcast? Um, honestly, I'm a single dude. Um, I enjoy talking. Mm-hmm. So I get people here. They're forced to talk to me for an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, I get to chat and do what I love love the most. Um, but 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 dissect. That's an example of finding your your characteristic trait and applying it to a craft. I mean, mm-hmm. people are a lot more likely to talk and enjoy the hour uninterrupted. I, my phones went off a couple times. I think your phones went off a couple times. Yeah. If we were just sitting having coffee, we'd probably say, hey, hold on, Leonard, I'm going to take this call. Mm-hmm. But in a podcast setting, we're able to hammer it out. This hour is for us to chat, right? Yeah. That, I mean, <clears throat> that's not my pure motivation, but that's the reason to do it. It's about applying, applying uh, seeing something that you're good or bad at and applying a craft to it, applying it to the right craft. You know, yeah. I heard this quote because, you know, I'm out and I'm networking. I'm meeting a lot of people. So I heard this quote in a book that said, if you dip pH paper in a spoonful of acid, acid, it turns pink. And if you dip that same pH paper in a vat full of acid, it still turns the same color pink. Yeah. And the idea behind that is whether you know a little bit about a subject or a lot about a subject, just jumping in and trying it and learning the lingo, yep. which could be that spoonful. Now you can have a conversation with a person about that so so you may meet somebody that you can't find any common ground with and then you you know you pop up and say something about you went snorkeling one time yeah and maybe they're an avid snorkeler and now you have something you have a way to build rapport with people connect so i love trying new things because of that thing right there you can have conversations with with people and and being able to you know relate to to different topics and when you relate and when you connect hey man won't you let me uh Talk to, talk to you about, about life insurance. Mm-hmm. You got a customer. I exactly. Mean, boom, boom, boom. Um, and that's who we. That's how we were made to mm-hmm. uh, to relate. And again, this isn't a theological podcast, but uh, Adam was lonely. God made Eve. You know yeah. what I mean? We're that that is exact. At our being, um, we're made to relate. And if mm-hmm. you don't want to believe in Adam and Eve, you can believe in. Uh, the natural inclination to have sex with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to be with somebody else regardless of who you are, yeah. even, even when it's the, uh, the other way too. So, um, well, yeah, good man. Um, how often are you up at Epic? Oh man. Three, four times You're a telling, week. Okay. Three or four times yeah. a week. Um, is it getting crowded? <laughs> I've noticed very much. So, so that, that's funny you say that. Cause I was there with my wife and we were working out, on monday i believe it was yeah and i just we were trying to hit a certain uh body area and i could not get on a machine yeah and there's these guys i see up there all the time and i said man i'm going home because all the people that had resolutions they should have been gone by now why are they still here (laughs) (laughs) it should have cleared out by now i think there's (laughs) like a known date that it's like it's like a three week two or three week three weeks that's what i was three weeks but they still going and and congratulations to them but I'm trying to get on this machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, are you are you bringing the kids up there? Oh yeah, I I take my son up there all the time. He's getting to know people. So he's three or four years old. He's right? three, yeah. Three. And and the reason I another reason why I do that, he goes to an in home daycare, okay. so he's exposed to about three or four kids during yeah. the day. So I want he I want to get him out of that environment, grow that rather than three or four kids and then come home and stay home. I want him to get around other kids to learn that social aspect of life because I don't want my kid to grow up shy. I always, that's the one worry I always have when people say they do homeschool. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great deal. You get your one-on-one with your kid, right? Yeah. But man, you're, you're ignoring that, uh, social aspect. I've learned a lot of socially awkward people do homeschool and nothing against that, but the people I've known, there's been a lot of people that have been homeschooled and they just, it's hard for them to interact with with people and, and so that's why I, I try to get my kids around a lot of people so that they can be able to interact because especially nowadays with the millennials and they go into their phone for everything yep. they're losing the ability just to hold a conversation oh man that's tough mm-hmm. um you know my like you a lot of my friends have kids um and i've learned now that's a good excuse but it's funny because i learned that i could be mid-sentence and I lose them yeah. <laughs> for about 30 <laughs> seconds. And they're on it. They, it's no disrespect, but they got a kid yelling at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so 
I bring up the kids and, and, and the importance of all that. Um, I've found um, that getting involved in our youth is, is one of the most important things. Um, whether the kids are troubled and in tr- uh, always getting into trouble and doing bad stuff, or if they're great kids with great great family, mm-hmm. um, uh, giving kids access to whatever, um, whether yeah. it be other kids whether it be motivation, whether it be sports, whatever it is, um, is is I think one of the purest forms of giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, because look, when they're grown, you're likely not going to benefit from what you're giving them. So first off, you're you're donating and giving a part of yourself that you'll never get back. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not doing it um, to put money in your pocket, right? And the quote that uh, helped me through this, that helped me continue this, this is, um, again, I, I say what this is. I mean, I help with the kids at my church. I go to Adams. I just signed up for Big Brother, Big Sister program. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just love working with kids. Um, you, it's easier to repair. It's easier to build a, a good man than it is to repair a broken one. A broken, yeah, I've heard that. And I love that. So I don't ever want to say we're not going to repair a broken one, and and I think that's a fifty percent of the of the calculation, making mm-hmm. sure we we have a good. Uh, we need to fix our prison systems, for example. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to do it, and I'm sure there's plenty of people that that think they know how to do it. Point is, it needs work. Um, but if you can, if you just start with the kid, the broken ones w- will phase out with respect and these Mm -hmm. kids will be the future. You're not going to benefit from them, but, um, building a good man as a parish or a broken one, you're way more effective. Yeah. And man, a lot of times when you're helping out and and you're giving all this time towards kids, it feels like it's, you're not, it feels like it's not rewarding, right? It's going in one ear and out the other. Cause I mentored a kid when I went to college and I mentored him for like, 10 years wow really and i just remember there were times where i'd go to his house and i was going like once a week you kind of think you're bothering him bothering him almost i felt i was wasting my time because yeah. he was still acting out but there, there in that i learned so much from it first of all me going there once a week was nice but it wasn't enough because when you're when you're dealing with a troubled kid who is seeing negative 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 yeah. and then one day out of the week you see positive well when he's bombarded with negative that's what he's going to go to it's like it's like i could bring him food but if the drug dealer down the street is bringing him food every single day who's he likely to follow yeah the person who's there more of the time more than i am but um it oh that's rough it i it was it was the time where his mom passed and he was like 18 and his mom passed, and he cried on my shoulder, and he's never shown emotion. He, wow. cr- he said, I don't know what to do. I still feel like a kid. Gee. And that really hit me because even though he puts on this hard facade, it was like he internally, he's like, I'm broken. I I just don't know what to do, so I had to love harder. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, later on down the road, he, he said, you know, though that time – that you spent with me was actually good because I saw you were that positive example and yeah. I wanted to be like you rather than everybody else I've seen. So I said it doesn't pay off. Right. But sometimes like that mm-hmm. years later you see it. Right. Yeah. And, and that's happened. Um, one me looking back, I can remember, Oh, that, that made a difference in my life. Mm-hmm. That made there, there's a guy I hadn't seen him. I've seen his parents, and I always tell him, tell Richard or uh, tell Robert. Um, I asked about him, such. Yeah. So I was working with these kids at Adams. Um, this was last year, and um, man, with respect, they're all black kids. Mm-hmm. I'm white. Tracy and Chris are black guys. Yeah. You know, I can talk to them, but it's a lot easier when you relate. That, if you don't look like me, sure. it's harder for me to to. Trust you. And, and you can still do it. You can still do it, but you're more effective. Mm-hmm. Tracy and Chris uh, and the other guys um, were with there are way more effective. Uh, I'm literally the only white guy in the group. <laughs> um, but let's say 
six months into it, I'm at the car wash and I'm, I'm vacuuming my truck and I hear this, oh, go. Cause you know, the vacuum is like, go, go. And I look up and one of the kids, he's a sixth grader, you know, he's like, Hey, he's like waving, jumping up and down, trying to walk over. I was like, Hey man, what's going on? So that alone yeah. proved, man, that's pretty cool. But it also got me driven was next thing you know, I saw him go and I, I was like, what? He kind of paused and kind of like ducked mm-hmm. his shoulders. Like I was, what? His dad was yelling at him, you know, like just laying into him. What do you think? And I was like, man, what? Yeah. Listen, he's a parent. Whatever reason he had to, he had probably had a good reason. I'm not, but he, but the reason this kid might, maybe one of the reasons this kid's getting in his trouble is his dad just laid into him mm-hmm. for just waving at somebody. Again, the scenario could be he saw his kid waving at some random dude. And <laughs> he's trying to discipline him, which is a good thing. Yeah. But anyway, it's just this whole process of seeing these things done, seeing a result of it. Um, mm-hmm. One makes it worth it. Um, and two, um, whether it's a troubled kid, whether the kid has parents and they have money or if the kid's about to go to jail, mm-hmm. just being a, consistent consistency positive positive uh, influence in their life Mm -hmm. i tell people all the time um i don't have kids so i try to always preface that i'm not no i'm not an expert i don't i don't know but i'm thinking half the battle showing up Mm -hmm. um of all the times i mean my dad was disciplined my mom was the nice one Mm -hmm. and i remember dad just being an asshole (laughs) i mean more or less (laughs) i just hated him um, but you know what also I remember shooting hoops at Adams middle school during a game and him being in the stands. Yeah. I, I would say, I would have said my dad sucked or wh- whatever, but looking back one, one, he was actually a very good father, but two, just him being in the stands when I was playing a basketball game with my friends. I don't want to be a dad. I want to be with my friends. Yeah. But I remember most out of all that is seeing my dad in the stands. And that's major. And And, and it doesn't have to be a dad. Because if the kid doesn't have a dad, you it can be his mentor, his mm-hmm. uncle, just a positive. You said it consistent um, influence in somebody's life, mm-hmm. and I and I'll I'll, I'll preach that, um, and until my deathbed, I think. Um, yeah. If I never have kids, you know, I'd love to be have big brother, big sister is an amazing program because they have it now where you can uh, sign up to and eat one email a week one correspondence a week and every four to six weeks you go to the high school with others Mm -hmm. and just chat with them. And that makes such a big difference to people too. It's that positive that it's not their parent. Like I said, if they, if they got good parents and they got money or whatever, it's, it's another adult that's not drilling them, telling them to clean their room, tell them to make good grades it's just another adult that they can talk to and, and be with. And Sometimes hearing the same thing from somebody else really resonates more than yeah. your parents. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're getting close. A um, couple things. I asked you, 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 you said your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me that again. Fort, F-O-R-T, underscore Madison, M-A-D-I-S-O-N. And what? any other social media you want to go ahead and... I thought Instagram, I and then I'm on LinkedIn under Leonard Madison and Facebook under Leonard Madison. Facebook, LinkedIn. L-E-O-N-A-R-D-M-A-D-I-S-O-N. The only other question I have is I, I thought I saw maybe on your Facebook page you had two links for MySpace, and I thought, what the heck really? is going on here? <laughs> do, you, do you know that you have them? I, well, I had a MySpace a long time ago. I, well, man. and I think one, they weren't your page. I think they were – First off, does MySpace even exist? I don't know. Axel, we got a minute here. Let's let's see. <laughs> Do I, you remember MySpace? Yeah, I had a MySpace, had and I was using MySpace heavy until I switched over to Facebook. I have a long time the, ago. But the biggest loss for me of MySpace was MySpace is still active. Look wow. at that. I had a um, cliff jumping video uh-huh. on MySpace. You know, like like a. I thought it was an eighty foot cliff jumping into water and it was on my myspace page that's i didn't have it loaded anywhere else yeah and since my 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 myspace page doesn't exist 
I'll never <laughs> proof that video again. Um, is it, it anything stick out on it? Is it just kind of a regular page now? I know somebody bought it. I remember Justin Timberlake might have bought it at some point, but um, yeah, it's just a. I guess just a, another form of social media. Yep. But look, you got artists, writers, promoters, entrepreneurs, activists. So, you know, if you want to go guess, on there, yeah, and people it, still using it. It's the same approach. Um, it's probably got a little hill to climb um, with the other ones out there, mm-hmm. and the bad, uh, the, the, the joking, yeah. the joking manner. You know yeah. uh, <laughs> what it used to be. It's hard to scratch that part off of it. <laughs> I signed up for Facebook. Um, no, no, no. My girlfriend signed me up for Facebook in college mm-hmm. and, um, I thought whatever, then MySpace was the, was the, the stuff. So I signed up for my MySpace page and that was it. And then that kind of tallied out and my Facebook page was still active. So I just jumped right over the Facebook. Yeah. I had to have the, um, EDU, um, address, the college, yeah. um, address to sign up for <laughs> Facebook. So. Leonard's been fun, man. Man, I, I really enjoyed my time. I thank you for having me out. Absolutely, man. We'll do this again sometime. It sounds like a plan. All right, buddy. All right.